All right. Let's do a sound check. Sound check, sound check. Sound, sound check. One, two, one, two, sound check. Uh, um, mm. Are you recovered from uh, from your TIFO experience on uh, Saturday? The t- the TIFO experience was fine. Me and Barry, you recovered I, from the entirety of that The entirety that of that day. day. Uh, so the TIFO thing went real well. And then I was like, hey, you know what would be a good is for me to celebrate today. The kids are at a babysitter's all night. We had a successful TIFO. Obviously, we won. I deserve a celebration. And now, having only not been hung over today, three days later, <laughs> I'd like to advise people listening, don't ever celebrate anything. Yeah. I am recovered maybe as of today. Yeah. I saw a great picture of uh, me and Anna uh, and May and Kate from like the front of the, <clears throat> of the section. And uh, I got... I got so drunk that, and mostly because I didn't eat anything, I had like a cupcake. That was uh, exactly my story. Yeah, <laughs> like, and it, not even a big, cupcake, a mini cupcake uh, before the game. I just, I, I, I made a conscious decision to stop drinking like halfway through the game, so I could stay standing up straight. And I barely was standing up straight, um, <laughs> and which I will never do again. Like that was fucking terrible. I was I was lucky to you know the Tifa went really well yeah and it was a, fucking a lot, amazing, of, a lot man. of positivity about that but the the flip side of that is that so one I was way too busy throughout the day to eat any food and two people were so congratulatory that everyone was just shoving drinks into my hand the rest of the day so I just was never without like two beers going yeah and so we Sucks went home, we awesome, went home at like it? eight because I was done I was I was just oh, sick. yeah Julia left. and I both Julia was with me for uh you know for a rare occasion out yeah. there. And we were we were both awful. We both threw up all night. It was, <laughs> this is what it's about. It's so, married life, man. Moral of the story, kids, is uh, don't be awesome. Don't be awesome. It's not worth <laughs> it. Live from Fitzgerald's in St. Paul, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. What is this song? Uh, Now I'm blanking on the name of the song. It's not very good. Yeah, no. It's not Shaka Khan, (laughs) but it's, yeah. Anyways, um, I don't know if you saw last night, my wife, so my wife was out of town for 24 hours, or like 36 hours. Basically, it meant I got to play uh, 80s Spotify for 24 hours straight. Nice. Which is awesome. It was awesome. Highlights? It was fucking amazing. Uh, you know, that interaction on Twitter we had earlier, uh, Janie's Got a Gun, that was 
basically that was where I, that I came from. Yeah, I remember yeah. that song. That is not a good song. I, I actually I like Aerosmith, and I, I, yeah. I'm not. I, I think no, I, think I don't. It's pe- terrible, but it's also whatever. I, I think Aerosmith's fine. I think that song is terrible. Yeah. Anyways, so uh, that wasn't the point of the story. The point of the story was um, <laughs> was that so my wife was gone. I was playing all this really awesome '80s music that she doesn't necessarily really like all that much. Um, and then I forgot the point of the story. You want to start it over? No, I, t- I literally forgot what I was going to say. That's fine. <laughs> that should have been our cold open. Yeah. No, right. we, we, let's, 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 let's just let's dive into it. <laughs> That's how you know that it's yeah. time to talk I'm about sure, soccer. I'm sure I'm, sure I'm going to remember it, the story, and then halfway through our notes and stuff, I'm just going to... I'm gonna be like, oh, that was the reason why. Can we just that pretend that the whole story was yeah, about Aerosmith, you, you, please? You distracted me with the having me name the song. Yeah. I got, yeah. Sorry, Fuck me up, man. It's on you. <laughs> it's not on me. So the the good news, the excellent news is, other than you forgetting your story, is that uh, Minnesota United won a oh. soccer match this last weekend. Fuck yeah! You know who called that one last week? This guy. Your your optimism has proved proven correct so far. My. Uh, Measure. I'm not going to call it cynicism. My measured, uh, objective. I forgot what I was going to say. That's fair. Let's talk about the game that happened. What was your best moment of the two to one <clears throat> win against Chicago Fire? Um, well, for me, I mean the best best moment of the game. There's several that were amazing. Uh, the fr- the first goal though, that was pure lunacy as far as I'm concerned. Um. Loons had been on the front foot for a while for, to start the game. It looks aggressive. Yeah, they were very nice. aggressive. Yeah. <clears throat> um, this like sort of the middle, like the middle to like second part of the first half, they looked like they were they were defending a lot more than they than they were. Um, so they were on the front foot for most of the first half. Uh, they should have scored at least once in the first half. That. Uh, which I'll talk about <clears throat> in my what the fuck moment of the, of the game. We'll talk about that later. Um, uh, so I, a lot of us, especially me, like we're on pins and needles, like just expecting this was going to be, you know, one of those games where the loons almost scored multiple times, gave up a cheap goal, and then got routed or We've whatever. We've seen that before, yeah. Yeah, on uh, a dumb counter or something like that. Um, but Miguel Ibarra kept busting his ass. Uh, so in the, that 54th minute when they scored their goal, that first goal of the game, that was, that was for me, the best moment of the game. Uh, Ibarra busted his ass, kept the ball in play that he could have probably let out and for a corner. Uh, he played a perfect ball, a literally perfect ball into Ibsen. Getting, he, didn't really get, he didn't get an assist on that goal, on that goal because it went off the keeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically he should have had an assist on that goal. And Ibsen... For some fucking reason, playing a nine at that point. Weird like, place why, to be, where yeah. the fuck was Ibsen? Why was Ibsen so He's far? Doing Ibsen like, stuff, be, like ahead of Ramirez. But anyways, Ibsen, you know, gets his head on the ball. Goalkeeper makes a save. Ibsen keeps following through. So and in you know it was right in front of all of us in the sports section. It was amazing. It was it was it was perfect. It's a perfect moment. That's when like I felt. Like a sense of relief, like okay, maybe yeah. maybe we can win this pull game. This out. Maybe we can win this game. So well, that f- was my best moment, and the that game. was Ibsen's first goal. Yeah, uh, in MLS, and you know, yep. I, I think back to the NASL days, and I I just remember him seeming a little bit more um, 
he didn't always seem like he was having a good time, like he was enjoying himself. But like I, I think in MLS he started to open up. I feel a like little he bit only more. has enjoyed himself. I mean, there's been a that, been that my very perception. first game of the year he looked he looked like crap. But oh, oh I'm not most, even talking. But, now. I meant back in the NASL oh, yeah, no, days. No, no, I but, got but, that but, but I'm saying like I feel like he's he's. It looks like he's enjoying himself most yeah. of of his MLS games. That's like, what I'm saying. The yeah. first the first game of la- of this year was the first time I I saw Ibsen be a, like ab- like last year we were si- we were singing the praises of Ibsen every single week. Like last uh, this year against San Jose was the first like week of the ge- of the year where we're like our first game ever that I that I remember since we've been doing this podcast where I was like. Oh man, Ibsen looked like shit. You know, no, I, so. I've felt like that before. It's I really? think he still runs hot or cold, right. and I, I sometimes I get tired of his petulance. But I think mostly he just looks like he's having a good time. Maybe now last like year there were so, so many other bad players well, that we didn't even think about it. <laughs> so maybe that's fair. So my, my what was your best moment of the game? Yeah, my best moment. So I, you know, I like to pick out rando little moments. Um, about ten minutes in, uh, Nicholson over on the left uh, takes a pass from the middle. He does a back heel flip to Ibarra. Um, who's who's streaking down the left? That didn't actually come into a goal. It didn't it didn't actually turn into anything. But here's why I liked it. I thought it was a great moment combining some of the stuff that was really going right for us in this game and right now in general. Um, Ibarra was allowed to roam. The fact that he was running up the left side was was a, an indicator of the freedom he was given within that role. Nicholson was being artful. Something that he did last week too. The dude turned into Messi all of a sudden. I don't know how that happened, but he's he's doing a behind the the back flick there. Um, both of them were finding a way to be on the field at the same time, and I think we can finally say that whoever had the footage of Miguel Ibarra fucking Mrs. Heath must have must have handed over the footage because Ibarra looks like he's going to be here to stay for a while. Hopefully, yeah, God willing, seem to work. Yeah. yeah. So what was um, your uh, worst <clears throat> moment? We got to talk about it. Yeah. So I mean, the obvious moment that I'm going to I'm going to point out, and you, you probably have another worst moment, but <clears throat> that the goal basically. Four minutes after, less than four minutes after Minnesota had scored, basically Chicago walked right down the field, um, ping-ponged the ball off four different Minnesota players. Minnesota, here's the reason this is the worst moment of the game for me is that Minnesota had the defenders, right? They, right. they had numbers mm-hmm. back there. Uh, Nikolic hits hits a, a shot that basically bounces off of both uh, Ibsen and Boxall, or so Boxall and Ibsen, and... Ibsen was going for it. Boxo was also kind of going for it. Then he stopped, and the ball just sort of like was laid out for uh, the Chicago Fire to take advantage of that. Um, tied it up uh, four minutes, like literally less than four minutes after Minnesota had scored. Uh, and you know, again, of course, that's like when the the doubt creeps in. It's like, oh, we've seen this. All right, play this, out is, this is going to happen again. Like they're gonna they're gonna get another one. It's gonna mm-hmm. be down. We're gonna be down two one. Um, and it was disappointing mostly because that, like, we had we had the numbers back, right? We had right, right. Schuler, Ibsen, Calville, uh, Boxel were all back. They were all pl- they were all playing defense, but it's just this team continues to, and that was like literally the only mistake the defense made all game, and of course it resulted in a goal. Right. The the I also had that as my worst moment actually, and it wasn't just because it's a goal because. You allow goals. It happens. But it was the nature of it. You can't 
it was, where it's very difficult to coach out boneheadedness. Yeah, it was, but it was literally it was like the one opportunity that Chicago had, basically. Yeah, they 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 didn't play super well, so it it, it was it was deflating because we've seen a play out before where the team maybe is going to do something positive, and they just either they give up like one goal and then they allow five, you know, just in a landslide all of a sudden, or they can't sustain the momentum that they have. Like we've seen that kind of stuff so many times over the last couple of years. Um, and so I think I think that feeling was what made it the worst moment, really. Um, that combined with the fact that it was just more like Major League, you know, like the movie Major League <laughs> style. Yeah, where like they all run into each other. Yeah, and, like the ball drops right, yeah. right down. In it's the, in it's the one thing if the shape of the defense yeah. is wrong because you can coach it, you can work on it, you can develop a chemistry, and you can get better at that. But it's so hard to coach those in the moment kind of fuck-up decisions that we continue to make for you know a season plus now so that that made it frustrating i mean uh, on the bright side that was the only one they had this game oh yeah i mean i don't want to throw the, the bad side the is that water. is that they it resulted in a goal yes which if you know against most teams it's going to result in you know goals most of the time but like but they, that was like the one mistake they made this mm. game which is L- a good sign law so. of averages future games they play similarly they're going to get their shutouts. Well, yeah, Lamson will get back and, we'll, you know, we'll make the second save. Like, for in, Yeah, for instance. So, yeah. Over time, it averages out yeah. and they'll be fine. So um, your most what-the-fuck moment. So my most, most what-the-fuck moment of the game was uh, actually early on. In the 22nd minute, uh, Ibsen launches a ball to Finlay, which was a, just a brilliantly lofted ball. Uh, Richie, Ricardo Sanchez comes out and... Uh, Running like almost thirty yards out, heads the ball, doesn't clear the ball. It goes to the end line. Finley tracks it back to the end line. He shoots it around. He put it. He puts it sort of behind a bar, so a bar has to. So bar can't like like foot it into the ball. He has to actually turn around. He kicks it back out. Ibsen and Ibsen has a rocket of a shot that just barely misses, uh, like un- going underneath the crossbar. So for me, that was like most what the fuck moment because I was just like, there was, I remember watching that play just building it building up and I was like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, and then you're like, that's that's what I'm saying like, in that first half, like you saw that happen, mm-hmm. a couple other other plays happen, you're like, oh, there's okay, they're losing this game, like they're gonna something's gonna happen, this is gonna be a bad game. So that for me was the most what the fuck moment of the game. Luckily, I mean, it ended up, Ibsen got his first goal. Yep. Is that because Ibsen has hit that shot multiple times in NASL. Yeah, and, yeah, and put it underneath the crossbar into the net. So, yep. Uh, and and that's the difference between a you know a, a great team and a lousy one is that you know with those great teams you see some of those opportunities like man they're getting close I can feel it it's gonna happen and for us we're just like okay well it's clearly never gonna happen we're just yeah. done but yeah. you know maybe we're gonna start to become that team where where you have that positive thought of it. Yeah. So my most what the fuck moment yeah. was it I, like like I thought of a bunch. And it was a very weird day overall. Let me just give you one that has nothing to do with the soccer on the field. Would be uh, Scott Demerinville almost getting kicked out. Uh, he, is, he is part of the TIFO committee. And um, he, we wanted to make sure that we had good shots of the TIFO. And, and that means also from like a higher vantage because the TIFO still laid out more flat than we would have liked. And that's not a great viewpoint. So I t- we asked the team about this. We wanted the team to actually give us give him like a media credential so he could get shots of it from the upper deck there. They never got back to us. And I tried a few times, and they just never got back to us. And I said, fuck it, let's do it. Get up there. We're going to have some TIFO people up there for the deployment stuff anyways. You just go up with them and walk right around there with your little camera, and let's do this. And we're like, well, what if we get in trouble? And I'm like, 
I will make it happen. I will tell them <laughs> it's going to be fine. And Scott so, Dimoranville, who is a Midway Wanderer, by the way. He's a Midway yeah. Wanderer, yep. Yeah. And so it's we're, we're doing the rehearsal stuff, and I'm, I'm out on the grass. It's not grass. You know, I'm out on the field and stuff, and some security people start yelling at me from the stands, and, they're, and <laughs> I'm like, okay, it's happening. And so they're like, look, that guy up there, he, he, doesn't ha- he doesn't have any credentials. He's going to get out of there. If he doesn't get out of there right now, he said to talk to you. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he totally has a credential. They're like, no, he doesn't. Because <laughs> I'm, like, just trying to bullshit my way through it. And so I, I got him to a point where I said, let me make a phone call with the game day director for United. And they said, you have two minutes. If you can't get this guy cleared in two minutes, we're kicking him out. And so I'm, like, <laughs> scrambling on the phone and stuff. And we did. We got, we got him. And, and the guy was like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. And so, so he got in there, but they were going to kick his ass out. I would have felt really bad about that. But, um, anyways, we got it that's, done. That's so. funny. That's, that's kind of a what-the-fuck moment. Yeah. It was, yeah, yeah, for Scott, probably more than me. Cause <laughs> yeah. they kick, and I would have yeah. been like, well, you know what? Actually, I don't even know yeah, that guy. He, Whatever, he's gone. I don't know who that guy is. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that guy. I don't guy. know why I went to bad for him. <laughs> so I'm, I'm no, glad, you, no he's a good guy. You, you should have gone to bad for him, which you did, which I appreciate. And I did, so, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, mostly yeah. I tried to bullshit it and pretend that I had, like, the authority to be, yeah, just, you know, no, no, he's clear. He's cool yeah, with me. Yeah, like, exactly. They, they were not buying any of that. Uh, All right. Referee scorecard. How, how, did, the, uh, how did Blue do? Uh, I don't know. I'd say B minus. Um, there was a grab on Ramirez in the penalty box that could have been a could have been a penalty. It was not called, but all in all, he allowed the teams to play. I don't think he was egregious with cards or anything particularly bad. So yeah, B minus. That's is, my biggest thing is is you know I, I want them to allow the teams to play like you said, um, and I want the ref to be involved as little as necessary. I thought mostly that was the case. The only call that stands out was the call that you mentioned, so I, uh, I give him a B. You're gonna miss those. It's yeah. fine. It's not the end of the world. So, yeah, um, that was fine. So, who's who's your uh, Freddie Adu award for the best player of the game? Yeah, I mean, it's been hard the last couple of games because there's been so many good Minnesota United players to like pick out just one. Um, Ibsen or Schuler could have easily been. The star of the game for me. I want to say I'm. I'm gonna say Miguel Ibarra. Um, I'm sorry, somebody's dragging a chair in his yeah. bar. What did? What did you? Who did you say? I said Miguel Ibarra. Oh, Miguel. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was absolutely all over the place playing in that number ten role. And if you look at, <clears throat> I was looking at some heat maps and stuff from uh, from some of the MLS soccer writers and stuff, and you see where Miguel Ibarra was running around, and it's basically not. Inside the 18, it was every other part of the goddamn pitch. Right. is where Miguel Ibarra was. And I think that is indicative of, of, of how Miguel Ibarra plays and how he should be expected to play in, in a number 10 role that is sort of geared towards Miguel Ibarra, right? Like if we get a, a Lee Wynn or somebody else like that in a, in a number 10 role, then that's going to be a different sort of heat map. But for what Miguel Ibarra does, Miguel Ibarra um, – he, he was absolutely like said he got the the secondary assist on the Ibsen goal. Um, he got uh, basically a sort of a tertiary assist on the uh, Nicholson goal at the end of the game right. to win the game. Like he was just all over the place. He was disrupting on. He was actually tracking back to the defensive midfield, disrupting shit. Miguel Bar for me was with his motor was easily like the, the guy that I was just like. Holy shit! Like he's got 
he's got it. He understands what he's doing. And Adrian Heath gave him the, you know, the, yeah, he gets another shot. Good job. Good from, job, Boyle. From Heath, yeah. which is which not something Heath is he really been keen on. He does not for. like Miguel Ibarra, so if he, he says that, yeah. uh, he must know, have done well. must have done well. How, how about you? Who do you have yeah, so, that? So I had a different player, but I'll, I'll, I'll wrap up a thought on Ibarra there uh, by saying – I, I think it's wrong to call him a number ten. I think people have been calling him a number ten uh, when he because of where he played and and I think if you aggregate everywhere he was, it would probably average out to where a number ten plays. But he didn't play the role of a number ten. He's something else. No, but um, I think I think his, but he's doing the right thing. His I think, but I think Heath wanted him to be a number ten. But knowing Miguel Abara, that's not like Miguel Abara doesn't play that central attacking mid role mm-hmm. in the same way that. Like a traditional number ten does, yeah, and and, and so. he's better for it. It's it's kind of funny. And I don't want to be an asshole about it, but kind of over the last two year, or year and a half, you know, since we joined MLS, we've been talking about let him roam. You and I have said on this podcast and numerous times, let the dude roam. Yeah. Um. And again, I don't like to be the I told you so asshole, but I they did it. Told and, you so. And this is what yeah. This told is you what so. Age so. H E. Need to have him on the uh, yeah. podcast. My my player was actually Nicholson. Uh, you know, he got the goal. Yeah. He was still really he was, creative. He was amazing. Um, I'm gonna say I like his play style in that he likes to cut to the middle and get in more in front of goal. I think that's nice because a I don't think it's sustainable for us to be a cross and headed in type of team. That's not really the way that we're built. So I think we need to be able to direct more in front of the goal mouth. And uh, he's a guy who likes to do that. Finley does less of that, although his you know his Orlando performance suggests maybe maybe yeah. he does more of that than we think. But um, but he's going to be a dude who hits a lot of crosses. Still, Tyson going to hit a lot of crosses. Um, no, nah, he likes to cut in. I think it's good style for him. And I think it was a good. Um, I think he was a good fit for the game. Which which is the beauty of having Ibarra as sort of a, the pseudo ten because mm-hmm. he will go. He'll go out and let right. you let you run in, right? And, let and you cut in, and, and that crisscross confuses yeah. the shit out of defenses, yeah. especially when they try to do some man marking. That flexibility is the biggest piece of it, especially yeah. if we have if we have any skill. We've got some decent speed on the wings, so use that speed to make them make hard decisions fast. Yeah, do it. So yeah. as we, we always like to end really cynically here, who's your Freddie Adu uh, award for the worst player of the game? Well, again, I mean. For the second week in a row, no one stood out to me as particularly bad. Right? I mean, uh, the bullet in the box was bad, but Boxel, uh, who was primarily to blame for for that fuck up uh, that allowed them to equalize, um, he had been absolutely stellar to that point. He had he basically kept the uh, Minnesota United in the game in the first half, like with three stopping three good scoring chances. Um, I guess I'll give it to. Tison, because I really didn't hear his name or see him at all during the match, which is not necessarily a, a good or bad thing, but yeah. So well, I mean, everybody else was pretty much, yeah. So I will say he he got he got shuffled around there. You know, Mears goes out with yeah, injury, well, so he gets shuffled yeah, the other Mears. flank yeah, there. So, so yeah, I mean, he went, but he went. He was on the he was on the left, and all of the stuff, all of the good stuff. Uh, from Minnesota United came on the right hand side mm-hmm. before he moved over to the right hand side. So I, right. guess, I mean, I guess by process of elimination, it's it's T S. Got to be teasing. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know who I'm going to give you, uh, Lampson, Matthew Lampson. Okay. So my problem with Lampson, I think he's a good shot stomper, but he's going to give us some Sammy to Jock moments here because uh, you know, for instance, I think when he's got the ball, he hangs on to it too long, and but I, I mean, when he's got the ball at his feet. 
and even when he's under pressure, he'll kind of get rid of it at the last minute. He'll maybe spray an errant pass because he's under some pressure and stuff. Um, he's going to scare us a few times. And okay. uh, I, I think he's good at stopping shots. I think his distribution is poor. I think his footwork is – it scares me. That's all I'm going to say. So, but, but he didn't have a bad game, not, not by any stretch of the imagination. So, so Matt – I also like his backstory. I, you know, I I like the guy. I like his backstory, but Jesus Christ, dude, get rid of that ball. That's fair. Let's take a break from that game. That was exciting. I'm, I remember much of it, um, and I'm glad that that tifo <laughs> is in my past now because that was that was what so defined when, the when's game the for me. So when's the next tifo? It's gonna be uh, against Sporting Kansas City on May 20th. All right. We were already we were already talking designs while this one was still in progress. So. Yep. Yep. So if you want to, uh, you want to volunteer some your your time mm-hmm. for TIFO related things. What should they do? Yeah, well, that, that, we didn't even plan that. Thank you for leading me to that. Um, you can uh, email directly uh, TIFO at darkclouds.com. Uh, you can dark get a hold of dark dash clouds. Dark dash clouds. <laughs> People don't know <laughs> no, the website. Very, they can go to hell. Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> is is dark clouds without a dash? Some like uh, some guys gonna be like, what the fuck? Why am I getting? Like you want to make art? Yeah. Wanna, <laughs> um, so Maybe you, you can cool contact that, me directly on Twitter or wherever the fuck else you want to contact me. So I, I'll, I'll put you in the right place. So. Cool. So let's talk about some United news here. What do you got? Yeah. So uh, Sam Nicholson was named to the bench for the MLS Team of the Week. Uh, Play him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ethan Finlay got on the first team uh, last week. Yep. Sam Nicholson on the bench for this week. So that's good. That's good. We deserved it. Yeah. Uh, Tyrone Mears, uh, he also went down with an injury. Um, he is, according to the team, day-to-day. So we're not exactly sure if he will be playing on Saturday or not. Uh, Mark Birch came in, uh, who, yeah, came in at left back and moved Jerome Tyson over to right back. Um, so, yeah, so we'll see if if, uh, if Mears is out. It looked like he could have been out longer. Yeah, and so hearing day to day is according, a positive uh, thing. Yeah, according to things I saw earlier this week, it was day to day. So my guess is that he's probably not playing this week. So it probably will be uh, Birch and Tiason, uh with Manley with Carter Manley potentially getting some minutes this weekend. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll uh, have to find out. Yeah, uh, I will say one 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 yeah. thing. Um, Mears has emerged as a pretty confident uh, free kick taker. Something that we've lacked. Yeah going back to the NASL days, truthfully. Um, so he, we're going to miss that from him this week. Yeah. So, anyways. That's fair. Yeah. Presuming he doesn't play. I mean, I Assuming guess he doesn't play. He's day-to-day. Um, Chris Wright suggested in a 55-1 interview. Well, that was, a, it was, it was an immediate interview that 55-1 reported on. Uh, launching a USL team uh, in 2020 was the most likely target time frame for that. However, we saw some stuff that – mentioned that Madison might be the home of that USL team and it would be USL three uh, and it would be launching in 2019. Uh, e Pluribus Lunum put out an article uh, yesterday, Tuesday, I think. Yeah. I mean, yesterday, depending on when you, when you listen to this shit, Tuesday uh, that Madison and where there's actually an MPSL team might actually be, in line for a USL three team, whether those are different things, I don't know. So, we'll yeah, see. that's that's cool. I think Madison's a good location for it. Yeah, I mean, it would be very nice for me and my wife because her parents live in Madison, so we could yeah. schedule some 
some family home time. Yeah. To see some lo- baby loons. A little double duty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so per ESPN uh, Mexico, uh, Minnesota is currently in nego- negotiations with uh, Club America for uh, Darwin Quintero. Quintero. Um, that, is, that is the thing that it was just came out on the Twitters uh, earlier this week. Uh, they were obviously scouting him last week, mm-hmm. but this thing said serious. this thing said they were in negotiations. So right. we'll see if he's going to show up. Um, Excellent. I, you know, we talked about positional stuff yeah. last week. I think I think he will make the team better. Whatever exactly they try to do with him. So I agree. Um, one of the things we should point out: uh, some of our friends. Uh, are doing a really awesome fucking thing. Um, uh, it's That's true. Called, we talked about it. Yeah. Red card to racism. Uh, shout out. Uh, Bridget McDowell, who writes for our website. She does the Scarves Up stuff. Uh, she's amazing. She's a, a really great writer. Uh, she also writes for uh, MLS Female. MLS Female, yep. Yep. Um, her and Notch, Notch Kit. Uh, who is part of the other podcast you probably shouldn't listen to called We Call It Soccer. Uh, they have started a thing uh, uh, a while ago uh, on youcaring.com. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard about the story about this Idaho team that got racially abused. The coach was threatened. Uh, about the team, playing. Yeah, about playing a bunch of uh, refugees and kids of color and it's just, it's it's a really fucking shitty thing and you should what you should do if you're listening to this podcast you should pause this podcast you should go to red card to racism or at red card to racism or uh com, and then search uh idaho i think is probably the easiest way to do it donate do all it. of your money all the money <laughs> you can afford to donate they're about a third of the way to their goal or they're more than a third of the way they're going. Well, what is the goal? Can you remind us what, uh, what that money is it's going to? It's like $25,000. They're, they're, they're trying to bring this this team of kids from Idaho to uh, the U.S., uh, the Schwann's Cup. Yep, up in here Blaine, in Blaine. Yep. Which is the, the largest youth tournament in mm-hmm. the Western Hemisphere. Yep. And so they're trying to bring these kids to this tournament. They're, they have about $10,000. They're trying to raise $24,000. That's going to cover all of their expenses. Air, airfare, tournament fees, mm-hmm. lodging, food, all the things that, you know, all things that you need to do to, to pay for, to go to a tournament like this. Yep. Which a team like this, which is a, a bunch of kids who are, you know, kids of immigrants mm-hmm. can't afford to do, yeah. come to this tournament. And this tournament is like, they're literally teams from Italy and, and England and Spain mm-hmm. and Germany send teams to this tournament, it's 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 one of the best tournaments in the world, and it's the largest mm-hmm. youth tournament in the world. Yep. And so, uh, we haven't really talked about it the last couple weeks. No, I, get I, out I, there. That's on me for not doing that. Um, if you listen to this this podcast and you have an extra, you know, twenty five, fifty, hundred bucks, please give it to these guys. Yep. Uh, it's Sh- at Red Carter Racism. Uh, if you if you Put that in, and then you can find the link to the youcaring.com page. Um, yep. Except Bridget McDowell, who mm-hmm. writes for the website, um, and she d- she's done some really amazing stuff. Uh, she's part of this notch kit, uh, good friend of mine, good friend of ours, uh, and who is also on the We Call It Soccer podcast. Yep. Is uh, they're, they're, those are the two guys, people heading it up, and they're 
amazing. And this is this is they're a, a third, like I said, they're a little more than a third of the way there to go. They have 18 days left to raise this money because they need to pay the entry fees for um, for the tournament within the next like 19 days. So they have 18 days to raise the money yep. to make sure everything's good. So. Well, thank you guys. Help them out. It's an awesome cause. Show them there's some good here in the world. Yeah. Um, is there any other news that we haven't been able to touch on? Uh, oh, the only other news is that the match this weekend, it's the only match, I think, uh, according to the calendar, that's on Fox Sports Go. So, Which is the mobile app. For which is the Fox mobile Sports. app. So yeah. you won't be able to watch it at most bars unless they have some streaming capabilities. So make sure if you want to watch this match that you – talk to the bar that you're at or you want to go to and that they have streaming capabilities um the other hit an official watch party or go to an official watch party which i will also point out for everybody who wants to come and hang out with the daves the official watch party this week is at town hall brewery which is uh, a combined dc uh, and tne watch party so excellent dark clouds and true north elite will be Drinking and partying together. We're doing a couple of these this year. And Good. Uh, yeah, so this will be a berry in the hatchet. Yeah, this will be a really fun, fun opportunity. And there's gonna be a ticket giveaway for the Atlanta match. So if you are not even a if you're not even a regular season ticket holder, you just want to come hang out, you could potentially win tickets to the Atlanta match. I love it. So yeah, we're giving no a, reason not to go. Giving away giving away four tickets to uh, Atlanta the. Uh, March 31st Atlanta match. So, yeah, come party, come party with uh, with all of us. Yeah, I won't be drinking ever again. So, <laughs> um, Fair. Uh, new segment, uh, new as, as of last week, Better Know a Loon, sponsored by Phillips Rum and Hams. Rum Hams. Rum Hams. Inside of your body. So, Better Know a Loon this week is Sam Nicholson. Obviously, it's Sam Nicholson, because, you know. My, my Freddie Adu winner this week. Yeah. So, Sam Nicholson, as a point of order, is 23 years old. Which means he only's got four more years until he reaches the twenty seven club. You know about the twenty seven club? Uh is that people who die yeah. too young and Jesus. Yeah. Kurt Cobain. Uh, no, 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 no. Jesus is like thirty two, man. No, Jesus was twenty seven. Okay. Kurt Cobain, Janis Joplin. Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix. I don't, yeah. So yeah. Um So come see Sam Nicholson before he dies. Yeah, before he dies. Uh so Sam Nicholson also attended uh, Penicuic High School in Midlothian. Uh, the mascot of Penicuic is uh, Quickie, Quickie the Penguin. Quickie the Penguin. Quickie huh? the Penguin. Yeah, I can't a, even come up with a joke because a I think that, that's its no, no, own it, joke. It, no, it's, a, it's that's it's not even a joke. It's a fact. Well, I know I can't yeah. come up with anything funny to say. Um, Quickie so, the Penguin. <laughs> Uh, Sam Nicholson scored his first professional goal uh, in 2014 in uh, January January of 2014, actually, as a matter of fact, against St. Johnston, which is a completely made-up team. Did he? Yep. And is it? Yep. Well, good job, Sammy. Yeah, I know. Uh, Sammy's appeared in four Europa League matches, four, four <laughs> Europa League matches, and really enjoys Megadeth and a nice port. Nice port. Yeah. I enjoy a nice port. I do too. I'm glad really the Sammy do. and I can bond. Yeah, over that. that's it's very it's very good. Uh, Sammy Nicholson also has scored two goals for Minnesota United FC. That is a fact. Uh, and he always buys a bottle of Gunfittich when they score. But to be honest, he really prefers Japanese whiskey. Have you ever had that shit? Yes, it's very good. Mui Mui Mall. 
Oh god, no! Japanese whiskey is better than Scottish whiskey, which is why god. Sammy Nicholson prefers. As is known. <laughs> as he is prefers, known. Yeah, as we all know. Yeah, uh, and then finally, uh, Sam Nicholson definitely believes in a Scottish Lake Monster. I don't doubt he's seen it. Yeah. So that's uh, that's been better no loon. Brought to you by Rumhams. Brought to you by Rumhams. Open up your mouth hole. Shove it in, jerks. Let's, let's <laughs> talk about tactical schmactical. All there right. is a game happening oh, fuck, this weekend. Man. We should talk about uh, it. Oh, the Red Bulls. That's kind of our job. Yeah, so, kind of. Gaming us the Red Bulls. We're going to hit the road, the road, and uh, let's do it as we always do. Tell me who's good on the New York Bull Reds. Hell, baby, I think I love you from head to toe. Um, you can keep singing. It's uh, fine. No, no. I probably shouldn't. Uh, the Rebels, so this is a team that I really want Minnesota to emulate. As a team, as a franchise, as a, um, as a tactically, franchise, okay. as a, what they're doing, what they're doing now. Um, so they've, they've, they've made the playoffs for, what, like the last four years? They're doing something right. Uh, mm -hmm. And they keep getting better and better, um, even though they've been in transition a bunch. So they've been mm -hmm. in transition basically since 2015 they jettisoned their captains every every year apparently yeah. uh they lost the they sent dax mccarty out uh two years ago sasha question this past year. year of course they fired mike petke a couple and they years fired ago mike petke, which so they're just constantly doing that yeah so but i think that's i think what they're trying to do is they're trying to build a an identity with the team um I mean, they faltered on saturday uh at the rio tinto um but they clearly outplayed Real Salt Lake the entire game. Well, and that was if playing anybody, on some weak legs after a midweek uh, yeah. CCL match, too. Most which they also won. Yeah, which they won. Against like, Mexican opposition. Handedly, handedly, um, they left their best, uh, their second best player and goal scorer, uh, BWP, Bradley Wert Phillips, on the bench. Mm -hmm. um, he did come on in the second, 72nd minute. When they felt they maybe had a chance to uh, steal a, a point or a win, mm -hmm. um, he BWP will be on the pitch on Saturday. Yep. He's really good at scoring goals. He's demonstrated that over the course one, of the one last of the couple best, years. One of the best DPS in yeah. MLS history. Um, Tyler Adams, who played in that game, was is great. He's obviously off on international duty. Yep, he's going to play against Paraguay for the U.S. Uh, for some reason. Um, their other DP, uh, Alejandro Guimara, is he's also an integral part of the high press. That the Rebels like to play. Um, so, also, he's going to be really tough. Um, but I think regardless of, of, of who's on the field, the thing that is good about the Red Bulls is that they play a high press, is that they are attacking, um, and teams are have very rarely – at least over the last like year or so, broken them down. So Minnesota is gonna have to play in a very particular way, um, and I really hope. And it, you know, speaking of like just the overall Red Bull system, I really hope that Minnesota is looking at that system and not and not like Sporting Kansas City or FC Dallas in terms of like developing their players and that they are developing players like Red Bulls are. Um, but yeah, it. it it, I, honestly, it doesn't matter. Like they, they brought in Carlos Rivas in that Sasha Klesen trade with Orlando, who is who's a, an amazing striker. 
I disagree with that. I think Carlos Rivas is... Ah. I've got him on my who sucks list. Okay. Well, fair enough. <laughs> no, Nobody's more likely to hit a shot 15 rows into the sun than Carlos Rivas. Right. But he scored two goals two weeks ago. Yeah. So, who's so good? Yeah. We'll, see who, we'll see who shows up. He sucks, up. but he scores goals. All right, yeah, he cool. scored goals cool. one time two weeks ago. We'll find out. All right, cool. Uh, one person we didn't talk about that's good is Kamara Lawrence. He's going to be out on international duty with Jamaica, so they're going to be missing what him on the I left I try back. not to talk about guys who are going to be out on international well, duty. Well, that's going somewhere, okay? Uh, Tyler Adams also gone. So those are two guys that normally throw in there that are going to be missing, so that I think it's important to mention. Uh, you mentioned BWP. I'm not going to say stuff you already said, but I will say Aurelian Collins, still a pretty good MLS center back and a good uh, kind of leadership presence on the back on line. So, yep, yeah. He, we're he, watching him in the uh, – 2013 MLS final, the day before my kids were born. Yeah, when he uh, did he uh, did he score the game winner. He uh, he was he was in well, the PKs. It, was, it went to PKs, but yeah. he scored he scored the one that helped put. He him, scored put the him. yeah he scored the PK winner. I was I was in the South Stand at uh, at that time Livestrong Park or whatever. You mentioned that. Yep, yeah. he was he so. was the MVP of uh, that final. Yes, so he was. Aurelian Collins still still a good starter uh, no, center back not. starter in MLS, in MLS certainly. Okay. I'd take him over either of the dudes we got. Okay. Um, so let's transition into who sucks. I'm just going to jump out here because I had the opportunity. Carlos Rivas, okay? He played for Orlando City last, and it's now, granted, it is difficult to say whether Carlos Rivas' struggles last year in, in Orlando City had to do with the fact that he's playing in Orlando City. Hell, Kyle Laren didn't have a great year last year. It was a bad year for Orlando. That said, I, I see him make mistakes. I see him take ambitious shots from way too fucking far away that he shouldn't be going after and putting them, you know, 17 rows into the stands. I, 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 he, he did that even in that game that he scored a couple of goals. He's still doing that kind of stuff and missing opportunities that he has. So it's going to depend on who shows up. Clearly, they. I'm not professional soccer scout, so clearly New York saw something. They have a lot of success finding guys that fit their system. So I, you know, whatever. I, I wish him the best, but um, he's not the answer, and he's not BWP. And I, I don't understand where exactly he's going to fit into the picture, where he's going to get the right amount of goals when he's also playing up top with BWP, the guy who sucks him up. So uh, there's a guy. I'm going to close with this one. Then whoever ends up playing left back is who sucks for them. Kamar Lawrence is out. Kamar Lawrence is fantastic, and nobody gets forward as hard as Kamar Lawrence. Um, that said, I look they've got like five defenders handy for them now based on outages and injuries and stuff like that. Aaron Long's more of a center back. Kyle Duncan's more of a right back. Tim Parker's a center back. Connor Lade's a right back. Raylan Collins is a center back. Who's the left back? The New York is really good at us, utilizing their um, USL team to pull some dudes up, and so maybe they've got somebody they can fall back on from a left-back standpoint in USL. But no matter what it is, whether they're pulling from within the team they have, changing formations, or they're going to USL, that's going to be a weak point, and especially with a free-roaming Miguel and a Ethan Finley who's hot as hell right now, I think we need to take advantage of their left defense, our right flank. That's fair. Um, I mean, Carlos Rivas is not going to play in this game unless – Brother Phillips gets a knock because Brother Phillips did not play in that last game after the CCL. So Brother Phillips will be will be the attacking uh, point of Jesse Marsh's five four one. So yeah, Carlos Rivas sucks, but <clears throat> he's not actually going to play. So I think he'll play. I I sincerely doubt it. Like a withdrawn striker? No. Okay. Marsh <clears throat> Marsh runs the five four one. So. 
mean, for me, it's it's the three missing defenders who are gone on international duty. Kamar Lawrence, who you've already mentioned, uh, Fidel Escobar, and uh, Michael Amir Murillo. Three of those, two of those dudes, are their, you know, two of their best defenders. Yeah. Right. So, um, the 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 problem is is that the rebels have done a really good job of stocking their system with youth, and so. Mm-hmm. You really can't say that anybody's going to suck I think everybody expects that someone will step up. Um, and that is probably I – mean, that's sort of the system that Jesse Marsh and the Rebels leadership has done. Mm-hmm. And so basically what I'm honestly trying to say um, is that the German Energy Drink Corporation that gives them a shit ton of money is who sucks the most. <laughs> right. So. The, um, the Bread Bowl. Yeah. Bread Bowl energy drink. Yeah, Bread Bowl. Well, how does uh, so how does United play them? I've I've already talked about kind of my thoughts, uh, tickled my thoughts about it. What do you think? How does United play them then? Um, I don't know if you anybody watched that <clears throat> Real Salt Lake game plan. Um, they played obviously they played at in the Rio Tinto. Yep, at altitude. At altitude after the team had played midweek. Yep. Um, I mean, I hope that game plan will work. Um, you hope you get a bad decision by a Red Bulls defender and in the you, fourth minute. Yeah, and you pull yeah. someone down, and you you know you can hold on to your butts for eighty eight minutes. Um, the problem is that Minnesota doesn't have a Nick Romando to stop what the Red Bulls can do in terms of pressing. Um, so, and obviously we'll be missing two of our central defenders, our two central defenders, right. according to Heath. So. Coleman and uh, Olmsberg are going to be the guys slotted in. I that think so back. too. Yeah. And so good luck with that. And then T.A. Sonnen and, and Birch, maybe Mears, but probably Birch. Um, and so then you, you would put Tyson back on the right side then, and Birch as a left side fullback. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's that's one of the, the like one of the things that has been great about Minnesota the last couple of weeks is that their their defenders have been actually good and um like not uh like not conceding a lot of stuff right from making fewer mistakes yeah not conceding things from like places that are you're like like likely to score right so like Mm -hmm. give out shot shots like outside the box fine cool whatever do that um so we'll see coleman hasn't got a lot of time uh, obviously, Olmsberg hasn't gotten any time, so we'll see what what happens here uh, with those guys. Um, again, I presume that there's a it's a four two three one, um, which with many with minimal changes outside of the center backs, uh, with Ibarra in that sort of ten role mm-hmm. that is not actually a ten. And I mean, ideally, you absorb the pressure, you try to attack on the counter, and you sort of try and smash and grab. Whether that is what they actually do, we'll see. But I don't yeah. think that it's going to be a recipe for success. It's it's a tough week to come off of that really great week with a really good recipe and then have to be <laughs> shuffling the deck in the back line there. So um, because we're going to have to feature two different center backs this time because of international duty, I agree it's going to be Omsberg and uh, Brent Coleman. we uh, we got to remember uh, Rasmus Schuler is also <laughs> going to be out too. Yeah. So we need somebody shielding the back line as oh, well. And that, tr- that triangle. Warner, right? I, and that's my, that would, is what I would do. I'd put Colin Warner in there. And what I do is I'd tell Colin Warner, 
You're not going to be an eight this time. We need you to be a little bit more of a crusher and a little bit less of a distributor because we're going we're gonna to need that extra shield in front of the back line. There's going to be chemistry issues. It's going to be Wyatt Omsberg's first game if he does play uh, in MLS. So, uh, you know, that that's a concern for me is that center defense for us. Um, but otherwise, I, I don't think you change the. I don't think you change the strategy. I think you just make a like for like swap, Warner for for Schuler, and you try to play the same game plan. The fullback situation, I think, resolves kind of basically the way you have said it would. Um, you know, uh, tactically, I think you, you still have Miguel making runs in wild spots. I've already said take advantage of uh, New York's left back spot. I think it's going to be a point of weakness. If nothing else, it's going to be a point of change. So I try and create some overload situations in there and, and take advantage of that. Um, and on the bright side, like that's where like the missile attack has been the best. I agree. Last, yep. In the last couple of games, so, I agree. Like Nicholson's Finlay done great and, and in creative runs on the left, but yeah. the scoring has come off of the right. Yeah, like Finlay, like making. So I'm saying, like, counter, 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 mm. uh, but bunker. Like mm. maybe, maybe steal a point with a one-one draw, and if you can, if you can, you know, snag a second goal, mm. like, yeah. I'd kind of ask uh, Miguel, who pretty much is going to already, and Ibsen really does it as well to cover a ton of ground on this game because, uh, you know, I think Ibsen's going to be that shuttler, especially if uh, Colin Warner's playing a more dedicated deep role. Miguel already <laughs> plays 95% of the field except the bit in front of the goal. Yeah. So I think it's going to be heavy on them to, to find ways to disrupt the midfield because uh, New York can build something up. And the, the defense, especially with the personnel changes we're going to have, the defense needs to start at the midfield, not just at the back line. Yeah. So... Uh, what's what's your call for the game then? We talk about how we're going to approach <laughs> it. What's going to happen? I've been the most uh, optimistic, uh, Dave, uh, the last few weeks. But I think Red Bulls are going to win this game two to one, which I think actually is not a bad result for Minnesota United. So it's a road game. We've got some outages. Yeah, you're going to take some losses. Yeah. What do you What do you got? I got a two two draw. Oh, um, okay. I, you know, they're you're the more optimistic. I, I, I guess so. You know, they're they're missing some guys uh, as well that are key to them. Again, I think that left back spot's going to be a, a weak area for them. Uh, I don't believe in guys like Rivas. You know, which whom I do. He's think not playing, play. dude. I, I believe he's going to play. BWP. No. Bradley Wright Phillips What's, played for twenty minutes last week. Because you keep look, no, I was, get that he was coming off of the. I told CCL. you two weeks. I go, told you two weeks ago. Carlos Rivas t- scored two goals. What was their excuse then? Yeah, BWP is, BWP is playing ninety minutes this game. Dude. I think I think both will happen. I, they're not. Okay. I, I sincerely doubt that they're okay, both well playing together. Let's fucking watch. All okay. right, well, yeah, two, let's, two let's fucking do it. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on here. Um, I, I know you had added some stuff here. You want to talk? Do we want to do picks first? Or do we want to do fantasy? Let's do picks. Okay. Let's run through picks. I'm going to rattle off the scores from last week. We'll tell you what we got right and wrong. We did yeah. better this week than we did the previous week. No, I did I did worse this week. Did you I have did, a good I week? Did, I, did, I had a very good week. I had a terrible week first I, week. I, was, I think it was 6-3 and three last week, so sure. I was actually good. Okay, well, you week, fucking so. sucked this last week. I did. So oh, you also week. sucked as much as I did. Come on, hold on. Uh, last week, DC United 2, Houston Dynamo 2. That was pretty... Uh, DC United. I don't know what to make out of these fucking DC United. Yeah. Minnesota United obviously beat uh, Chicago two to one. Uh, I had no. I'm sorry. I forgot what my name is. Uh, David Zeller. I had, had that, that one, one correct. correct. Good job. Yeah. Philadelphia Union zero. Columbus Crew zero. Come on, Columbus. Boring ass fucking yeah, game. I know. Montreal. Uh, nobody got that one right. Montreal Impacticos uh, had one. Toronto FC playing on dead legs. Got nothing done. Uh, I actually called that one. Yeah, so. you got that one right. Good job. <laughs> so occasionally I get them. 
Uh, New York City FC had two. Orlando City playing Orlando City style. Uh, not able to do it on the road. Uh, we both had that one because yep, Orlando's of terrible. Of course. Atlanta United rebounded. Had four goals against Vancouver's uh, one. We both called that. Yep. Of course, you're playing in front of 700 million people. You're going to yep. do that sometimes. Sporting Kansas City. I don't know what to make of this team because last year they had a wildly good defense, and this year they have a boiling hot offense and, and a shitty defense. Terrible fucking defense. Yeah, Sporting Kansas yeah. City 3, San Jose Earthquakes 2. You called that one. Good job. Yeah, good job for me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, good job. New, uh, Rail Salt Lakes uh, 1, New York Bread Bowls 0. I actually did call Re- uh, Rail Salt Lake. Yeah, just because jo- of the CCL stuff. Just because of the CCL stuff, yeah. man. Uh, finally, FC Dallas had 3 in Seattle. Sounders piss poor this year with 0 goals. None, neither of us saw that. No, so, of course not. That's that's two consecutive three to nothing losses Seattle has taken, so not good. So let's talk about week four picks. The week that's coming up ahead. I'm gonna call the game. You tell me what you got. All right. All right. Sounds uh, good. This week, New England Revolution against New York City FC. Well, the Revolution are bad. NYCFC is good. Three nothing to NYCFC. The Revolution will not be televised. I have two to one New York City winning. Yep. Uh, FC Dallas hosting Portland, who are fucking terrible this year. They're also terrible, but I think 2-2 to a draw for that game. All right, well, I'm going to give this one to Dallas at home, 2-1 to one, uh, against Portland Timbers. Uh, the, the Columbus save the Crews versus the original D.C. United, CDM. Uh, 2-0 to the Crew. I've got Crew winning, but it's going to be a little more interesting because D.C. United keeps surprising us, 3-2 to two, to the Crew. New York Bread Bowls against Minnesota United. I've already said two to two. Yeah, I said two to one to the Bread Bowls. All right, uh, Chicago. Uh, no, sh- not sh- I can read English words. I promise. You probably Col- probably can. I probably can. Colorado Rapids are going to host Sporting Kansas City. Who do you got? Uh, I have the <laughs> Sporting Kansas City uh, in their infinite, uh, apparently awesome goal thing. Winning four to one. Yeah, but you forgot in the, in in, uh, in Colorado. In Colorado, now you forgot that they have a terrible defense. All of a sudden, though, so I have that's awesome. I have that's, that's I fair. have Colorado four, Sporting five. Because who the fuck knows? Um, Do you think Colorado can score four goals in the game? That's I mean, the that's only. Sounds- that's the only catch. Yeah. I don't know if anybody's gonna allow them. It's gonna be Sporting, I guess. All right. uh, Vancouver is going to host the uh, Crapticos uh, from LA. Who do you got? I got one one. I don't want nothing. I got Vancouver winning at home on a Kai Kamara header. Goal 101. All right, so we haven't talked much about Fantasy League. I'm going to pass over to you to talk about yeah. Fantasy, but let's let's do it quickly because you're in a whole bunch of numbers. It's not a whole lot of fun to listen to. But yeah, so, tell us fantasy. so we have a Fantasy League. Uh, it's not an open league like it was last year. So um, thank you to all everybody who filled it up. Uh, there are some people in that. Uh, we have uh, actually... $50 in target allocation money that was not provided by David Martin. It was actually provided by Adu <laughs> Rosales um, and the Model Citizens. So we are going to, from time to time, going to point out who's winning the Fantasy League. And the Fantasy League this year is actually, it's not an open league. It's a head-to-head league. Uh, and I, I like that style. Yeah, and then the winner of that is going to get the $50 in target allocation money, or TAM, as we like to call it. Um, and then... Again, as sort of the season goes on, like we'll highlight some of the uh, events that the model citizens are going, are doing, and hoping to get you guys, all of our, our fanatic, fanatical listeners, to actually engage with uh, you know other people and not just listen to shit on the internet. So the model citizens, if you're not familiar with, are the uh, philanthropy arm of the uh, Minneapolis City. Uh, citizens, the 
uh, supporters group, supporters of, group of, Minneapolis of Minneapolis City. City. So Adu Rosales is is the guy in charge there. Um, they're looking for 15 volunteers on Friday, April 6th at the Pavic Museum of Broadcasting. That's on 3517 Raleigh Avenue in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. It's zip code 55416 from 1230 to 215. Less than two hours of your time. Um, what you're going to do is you're going to escort visually impaired people to help them get around the museum before people are set off to enjoy an immersive experience at the museum. You'll be provided with a basic orientation and instruction on sighted guide techniques so you can feel comfortable as an escort. You are literally going to be able to like walk around a goddamn uh, museum with people who can't experience it the same way that you can. Yep. So why the fuck would you not do that? Because it that sounds is perfect. Sounds like an amazing experience. After you're done donating money to uh, Red Card to Racism, yeah, fucking sign, sign up, up to for not, this. Sign up to do this. Here's how you sign up to do this. You, so you follow Model Model Citizens on Twitter uh, at Model Citizens MN. So it's M O D E L C I T Z E N S M N on Twitter, right? And there you can find the links to all the all the fun stuff there. Um, but you get to guide people around a museum. I love museums. Museums are fucking awesome. Do you like museums? Uh, yeah, they're fine. You don't like museums. I like museums. I, I, I don't get to go anymore because I got the kids. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Um, <laughs> I, I'm actually going to <laughs> to D.C. for the Minnesota United game. And I'm going... I'm going to like fly in on the day of the game and then I'm staying like through the weekend. So I can just go to like all the Smithsonian museums like by myself, probably just by yourself. <laughs> well, I, if you're there, do it. Maybe with notch. Like I'm, I'm not sure my wife is going to want to do the, all the museums and, and shit. So, um, and then, Oh, Hey, by the way, I forgot to mention, uh, all these cool dudes and ladies are going to steel toe brewery, uh, after, the volunteer event and so you can go there you can drink a beer or two and they're gonna think about songs and and you know you can think about other songs for the minneapolis city team which is a great team that i am a, a supporter of so so yeah so you can sign up by following the links from twitter sign up genius um at model citizen mn is the uh, is the twitter Thank you to Adu, and thank you to Model Citizens for uh, sponsoring the Fantasy League this year. Awesome. Their f- the $50 of uh, targeted Damn. allocation money. I love it. So, yeah. Thank let's, you, guys. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's move on to the uh, the final segment of the podcast. Let's round podcast. it out, man. We got a ton of questions Yeah, we time. did. Yeah, know, we did. I don't know why. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, NutsVT, that's Joe, asks. Uh, yeah, how two, two questions. Yeah, a few questions. First of all, how have you guessed the games accurately the past two weeks? Are you a seer? Profit or God? If so, how did you acquire these powers of foresight? Is it Rumhams? It is, isn't it? I think it was directed to me. It and, must have been. And and yes. He would not direct that toward me. And yes. The answer all is of, all of those things. The answer is yes. Okay. <laughs> um, I uh, am a god. Yes. A seer and a prophet, and it is definitely the Rumhams. Even though the, I, I don't think I drank a Rumhams. The Rumhams must weeks. flow. I did. I did this week. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see, Joe. We'll see. 
See, yeah, look at his numbers yeah. for this next one. Nuts VT Joe uh, also asks, uh, seems the last couple of weeks our boys have been playing with heart, energy, and as if they have nothing to lose. I think this has made their chemistry improve and their teamwork has won us games. Does this sound plausible to you? And do you think it's sustainable? People always, people always, I, I, I don't always see, sometimes you'll see players play without heart and it's evident, but I always think people equate success, like they had a lot of heart out there. Like they never see the heart happening when they lose, and I think there's a false, there's a false correlation happening there. That's fair. I agree. I agree. I mean, people conflate losses to not having heart. I mean, I lost. <laughs> I mean, as someone who played uh, both like team and individual sports, like I never had. Like I wrestled, I wrestled for like 15 years, right? Like I wrestled in college, and I got the shit. I I I won two matches in my collegiate wrestling career. It, just, it wasn't. I didn't lose because I had. I didn't have heart. Like I had heart. Just I wasn't good. <laughs> right. I, so. Right. And, and, so and that can, that can that over time affect chemistry well, and it can, stuff maybe, like that. But, but these guys I, are I just, professionals I, I don't, too. Yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think it's about. I don't think it's about heart. Um. I think chemistry I mean, for a team better. sport, and I played a bunch of team sports where we lost. It wasn't because I didn't care so fucking much that it would I would murder myself to win the game. <laughs> it was just like other, like we just weren't good enough. Like yeah. I, I don't Sometimes I don't necessarily agree with that statement. There's yeah. um, your so answer, it's, Joe. It's not about it's heart. It's it's about. I mean, obviously, chemistry makes. I think yeah. chemistry is one thing. Chemistry actually. I think, especially with a team sport, particularly with a team sport, like means a lot that people don't necessarily um, think about. And I think with this Minnesota United team, like there's a lot of the same players from last year. So everybody's like, well, chemistry. It's like, okay, that makes a little more sense that they've had more time to play together. So mm -hmm. they understand where people are going to run, right? Christian and and Miguel knew where each other would mm -hmm. be on a on a pitch. Yeah. And Ibsen as well, but like they didn't know where Nicholson or Finley or mm -hmm. Molina would be. So I under, I get the chemistry part. The heart part, the heart part. The heart, yeah, fuck I, the heart part. The heart part is is, yeah. is fucking bullshit. Chemistry <laughs> actually means a lot, especially in a team sport. So. Yeah. Uh Miller Tallboy Max uh, asks who's in first place in the Dave's I know uh, MLS fantasy league. You are asshole. You are. This is why you asked that fucking question. Yeah. But here's the thing. I finished with the most points in the Dave's League last week, as well as the Minnesota United FC official league with 108 fucking points. 84th so, overall. So suck it. Uh, suck it, you Max. Had a, you, had a good, you had a good week, man. Yeah, but Max, uh, Max, you are winning. You are in the lead uh, for the uh, targeted allocation money, so... Good, good, good on you. Thanks long, for asking that question. Long season. Yeah. Uh, Gear Gab, that is uh, Mr. Bill McGuire, asks Coleman uh, and question mark. Omsberg, right? I mean, it's got to be. He's I, the only, I, I put down Omsberg. He's yep. the only other center back on the on the roster. Uh, would you consider uh, um, Okundi? Is he available to play? I probably. I mean, I get, he's on the roster, so probably. I don't know if he's. I don't know if he's match fit. That would be the question I mean, there. Omsberg's. It's probably got to be. It's got to be Omsberg. I think it's got to be Omsberg. Yeah. yeah. Dan Casey asks, uh, if the Loons take points from New York Red Bulls, would it be fair to conclude teams have to be at full strength to hope to beat Minnesota? No. No. I, I, I think – so we've had two good games where we 
we genuinely played well, but they've also been against weakened teams. Orlando had a ton of outages. Chicago had fewer outages, but it certainly had a key Pig, outage. Pig Fucker I, was out. And I th- so. Yeah, Pig Climber was out, and then um, I, I think that they're not as good this year as they were going to be last year. Anyway, yeah, so I, calm, it's so. a two-game sample size. We should feel cautiously optimistic, but we shouldn't get the impression all of a sudden that we're world beaters. Uh, we start playing a team. New York's going to be a great example. They don't have a ton of outages here. Uh, they, they have do, some, though. They have like, some. I, I mentioned Kamar Lawrence. I don't. I don't think they've got as Kamar much Lawrence, as Tyler Adams is also out for this game. Tyler so Adams like, is he's, also. He's an amazing player. So we're not. We're not actually going to see. Well, so so ignore New York. Pick, pick a different team then. Are, are we going to do well even against say a, a fully staffed Chicago side? I think maybe that's a different game. I don't know. So cautious optimism. Sure. We're not world beaters yet. It's fine. Uh, ben BKG Ben Crossgagne asks, uh, "Are you more excited about the successful Tifo at the home opener or the new job?" That's, well, that's, that's, a, that's one for well, you. That's obviously for me. At least I hope it is. Um, obviously <laughs> the new job, right? Like it's gonna, it's gonna <laughs> I had buy a, new new equipment for the fucking podcast. I, yeah, right. <laughs> I um, the stories about making the Tifo are gonna come out in the next month. Uh, you know, because we're gonna have a couple of like. Uh, mini documentaries come out about it and you know i'm gonna write a bit about it uh so i won't i won't blow all the stories but i will say this i had the most intense job interview experience of my life that was happening concurrently with our like busiest period of doing this and it just took me into all hours of the night so it all really conflated in this um this this slurry of stress and anxiety and stuff mostly with both of those things happening i got a great job opportunity i'm gonna work at a really senior level with wells um and then of course the tifa was amazing it couldn't have gone better my feeling was relief more than anything else it wasn't even joy and it wasn't even like i don't know satisfaction or pride it was just relief and that's all i'm feeling about either of those two things right now really i'm really sorry your dick got sucked a bunch straight for like Three to five weeks. <laughs> I mean, that's cool. I mean, cool. Good, good on you. But yeah. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> Luke Craig asks: uh, Top five novelty loons fan accounts or slash fake supporters groups. Uh, How can you narrow it down to five? There are a thousand. T and E, Dark Clouds. <laughs> well, no, we're talking about the fake ones, just the novelty ones. T and E, Dark okay. Clouds. Okay. Midway Wanderers. Red Loons, uh, Kato Dark Clouds. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I, I kid. I kid. I kid everybody. I kid yeah. everybody. Fuck that. Um, I mean, Opuloons has got to be number one, right? Opuloons is right up there. I enjoy their humor. Um, and the length that they go to preserve that joke yeah. is great. Whatever that Pepe I, Loons one, I, I, I got to give them credit for like being aggressive who? about it. The, the, the Pepe Loon. I don't even and know like what that guy, is. Know, the guy who's in Hawaii who was had the the, the Pepe frog. As, oh, yeah, that yes. one. I, yeah, gotta give gotta I give him credit for uh, you know being as aggressive as he was for a long time. Yep. He. Um, yeah. <laughs> good job, man. I mean, here's the thing. Like, I know a lot of the people who run those things, and some of them are not necessarily like meant to be like fake. There's no shit. Be like a fun thing that a group of people can get behind, right? So, yep. Yep. I know. What do you? What do you have? I, yeah, uh, I like Opuloons. I like. Um, I, I'm liking. I'm liking Theory Loon. Uh, always, always oh, some theory, some theory. weird dark <laughs> shit coming out of there. 
Um, I would say uh, the, the the fake Callum Williams account, where it's basically <laughs> Callum Williams just doing Callum Williams commentary on day-to-day stuff was pretty good. Um, Dark Glitterati. Is I, I I don't know where the line between being fake or real uh, comes there. That is, they, that they is do definitely stuff. Not, not a fake thing. Uh, yeah, so I, I I can I can personally attest to that's not being a fake thing. Yeah, so. I I know I don't know where that line gets drawn, but uh, th- those are I, I only gave you four, but those stand out. Can I count myself? This was this was always a fake. My Twitter account's always been a fake. Yeah, thing. Fair, that's fair. Offensive loons fan. It's always been a parody account. Yeah. Um, to those people listening, finding that out for the first time, <laughs> I'm very different in real life than I am on yeah, Twitter. Y- yeah, you are. I am. You are. Um, okay. Uh, Jim Oliver asks, which two guys spend 90 minutes trying to share shorts with BWP this weekend, and why would three be better? So this is a version of a question we've already answered, which is essentially who plays center backs this weekend. We've already yep. talked about that. Would three be better? I don't so, know. If the, I don't know if he means a three-man backline or a five-man backline so with three in the center. I think. I think um, the the idea would here would be that we, you would have uh, Coleman and Olmsberg um, in BWP's pocket, and then uh, either Ibsen or Schuler staying back. I, I would say Schuler, Warner this this or, match, or Warner. Yeah, yeah sorry, Warner um, or Kyle ob- Martin or whoever. Well, they get to do if it. it's if it's Warner or Ibsen, obviously Warner. Like you want right. Ibsen. Um, being able to, Ibsen should be tracking back and picking up balls and like creating shit. Um, I mean, honestly, I want, I want, I want Warner just being a goddamn fucking like, D mid. Yeah, D mid, right? Like, put on his Ozzy uh, Alonso hat for a game and. So yeah, so so the answer here is is Coleman, Albensberg, and uh, Warner, and Warner being the guy like who basically just marks BWP across the pitch. That'd be interesting. I mean, you know, like I hadn't even so considered that. If you, uh, you ever play hockey at all? Never. So sometimes, like when you played hockey, like there would be a guy who you would just be like a defender who only marked the guy, a particular a particular player, right? So it'd be like someone just like trail Gretzky the entire time mm-hmm. to prevent him from scoring. Um, I would say for Colin Warner, like. You're on BWP. Just follow him around the fucking pitch. Like, that way that, you know, Coleman and Olmsberg don't have to worry about him at all. Mm-hmm. Theoretically. Unless, until he gets into their area. But, like, just let Warner or Ibsen. Shame, yeah. Ibsen, Ibsen's not going to do it. And Ibsen that's should be doing his, it because that's not where he is. not his, his job. Yeah, and that's not where his uh, talent lies. But, like, yep. you, just, you, make, you put someone on, you shadow him. The entire game, mm-hmm. it once. I mean, that would actually be a probably a better proposition than letting Bradley Ray Phillips run around the goddamn pitch. Sure, so, I, I mostly I don't want us to change. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want us to change a, a formation or an idea over what we did last week. I'd, I'd like some continuity with, with that. It was successful. I don't want to switch into a three-man backline or a five-man backline. I would just like to like to settle into what we've got right now. So, sorry, Jim. Love you, man. John Urich, uh, who is a friend of the podcast, was on the podcast a few weeks ago uh, for our preview thing, uh, asks, who do you want to see start in the absence of Schuler, Boxall, and Calvo? We've said that. Fuck you guys. Coleman, Olmsberg, and And Warner. Warner, Yep. Matt Provotsky asks, uh, where should we tailgate slash walkgate before walking to the VSL TFC and the Fire 98 SC uh, games this summer? He's basically asking. Is Fire 98 playing at uh, the Jimmy? They're playing a Seafoam. 
Oh, it's playing seafoam. Okay. Seafoam. Yep. Uh, so well, my my house. You're, yeah, why not? Yeah. I'm built. I'm building a bar in my garage. So it's it's so I I um I'm I'm not watching VSLT. Not interested. But I have, as some people listeners will know, I've been without a women's soccer team for a little while. FC Kansas City folded this last off season, so I've been wandering a little bit trying to find what's out there. Uh, Fire ninety eight SC uh, is uh, uh, women's soccer team is going to play in WPSL. Um, I'm down. I heard about them just today on the Twitters, and I'm like, fuck it, I'm in. I've already bought two shirts, and I've been trying to like drum up support for them. So, so I'm down. They actually indicated that they were going to figure out some pre-match details, so I'm just waiting to figure that out. But I, I ask everybody, uh, get on your Twitter machines, fire underscore 98 underscore SC underscore WPSL. And if you didn't catch all those numbers, just look up fire 98. You're going to find them. Yeah. Uh, follow them. If you're looking for a women's soccer team that's local, playing up in St. Paul, there you go. It's going to be a great I opportunity mean, this summer. So for the Fire 98, uh, definitely the Midway Wanderers are probably going to be involved. Good. In Do it. Uh, uh, so, yeah, so like my house or garage and or backyard. I don't will. think the team is going to coordinate with you to make it happen there. Probably. They'll probably do it like at a bar well, or a normal human establishment. Maybe not. Maybe they would. You know, I have, I have a lot of things to offer in terms of uh, location and, and, and stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I guess we'll see what happens in terms of uh, the bars along the route because I feel like there's a lot of things that are going to be happening along with the bars along the route. So, yeah, um, Matt, keep your ear to the ground. You, I know you. I know you will. So, yep. uh, awesome. Yeah. So, anyways, tell them where they can find yeah, us. Yeah. So you can find us. At thedavesiknow.com. That's where we post all of our uh, really awesome content. Uh, content is up and running again. Uh, we have a really awesome piece from uh, uh, Ben Childs, who uh, previewed all the kits and uh, had some really awesome opinions about all those kits. Uh, Bridget McDowell, who is uh, now an uh, internet famous writer, uh, she still writes for our, our, our uh, tiny, tiny website, so she's good. And then I do occasionally uh, some stuff on there. Dave Martin refuses to write for the website, so, you know. I don't yeah. do anything anymore. Yeah. Uh, you can email us questions again, always again at davesiknowmn at gmail.com. I should probably check that website, <laughs> that email. I would love it are, if we just have thousands of emails built up. Yeah. There. Um, at TDIKMN is where we are on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at Texas Zeller, Martin at offensive underscore loons. And, uh,. Yeah, the see y'all on uh, on Saturday at the town hall for the watch party for the bread bowls versus the. I can't wait. Hey, we are the Daves. You know, this has been the Daves. I know. Land here become feet, con. Yeah, uh, we, we yeah. do our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. Uh, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all.